What were the benefits of him being in the army and never around and his drinking and all of that? What did it give you? Um, I guess it made me feel like I was the stable one. Uh-huh. What else? Um, that I was the responsible one, that uh-huh. I was the one that kept it together. I was the good person. And you remember I don't know that, where you're going with no, this. No, <laughs> I'm just, the reason I asked is because you walked yourself into the answer that you brought up in the beginning, and everyone does it. You said in the beginning, safety, reliability, follow through. That's why you picked him. You weren't picking him, you were picking yourself. What you picked. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Is somebody that was completely unreliable, unsafe, and had no follow-through because you wanted to be that. That was his gift to you. You're trying to teach yourself how to be that for yourself. And so we pick somebody who has none of that because you're using, this is the manipulative part, we're using them to teach us about ourselves and what we need to do. They become a proxy. So we're th- what happens is, is, thank God he's unreliable. Because now what do I get? I get safety. I never have to be vulnerable with somebody who's an alcoholic and never there, right? I get it. What do you get? I provide all of those things for myself. Amen. I was looking for it in a person. Amen. Now you tell me where he failed you. He behaved exactly how he was supposed to. And just the way you wanted. Because you wanted to teach yourself how to be all these things. And you did it without him. He's a gift. That's when you confront denial. You, it's like right there. What do you want to talk about, Michelle? What's going on? Hi, Kenny. (laughs) Um, Well, as you know, I've been, you know, through the gamut of on my journey to self-development for many years, more so since my divorce or my separation over three years ago. You're not divorced then? I'm divorced now, Okay. but we separated and that was a long divorce. But um, so I've read books. Um, I've been through all different types of seminars. I've been through classes. I've YouTubed and just so many different things. And that's actually how I found you was YouTube and then reading your book and everything. Um, and this, the biggest hang up, I think, it isn't probably the cause, but it's the, the thing that I'm hung up on right now is forgiving my ex for being such a, you know, piece of work. And I just wish I could just let it go. It's just this big boulder that I keep chipping away at and I can't, and and I'm willing to accept that I can. I just haven't figured out how to do it. Okay. Give me some more details. How long were you guys married? Nine years. Okay. And why, why do you think the relationship ended? Why, why did the marriage uh, dissolve? Um, he was an alcoholic narcissist and did he think he was an alcoholic? No way. Okay. And I was a codependent and I, it was a perfect 
you know, relationship in that way, but it worked really well for him and not so much for me. Um, that's, that's why I think it didn't work. What was missing in the relationship for you? Um, safety, reliability, um, follow, follow through. Okay. Um, why do you think, why do you think you guys got together? What was the attraction? If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, I was living in San Diego at the time, and uh, it seemed like all the single guys I was meeting were like, they they just wanted to just be single and party and have fun and... um, and there were just, it just seemed like everybody was in some kind of drugs or something. And I was like, I don't want any of that. I, like I would, it would just, was everywhere I went. And so my girlfriend recommended that I go on this website and it was military. That's how a lot of, including her, met her husband, try this website. And I was like, well, I'm not really into military men, but what the heck, I'll try it. Because I know that they can't do drugs in the military, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's one so, way around the drug well, issue. So yeah. I thought, so I'll try that. So I, I met him. Um a couple months before he deployed to Iraq, but we never met in person. We met online and um, we ended up talking for the whole 10 months that he was in Iraq and we built this entire relationship. And was it just through typing, no talking? There was Skype and there were some phone calls. So there were some. Yeah. Okay. Um, So he just, he called himself. He said, I'm the man. Like he, you know, he's honest, he's loyal, he's secure. You know, he was a, he was a divorced father. Um, and I was really attracted to that because I didn't think I could have kids. Um, he just seemed like someone who just seemed to have it together, stable, like family man. You know, I was really looking for that. And I was 32 years old and I wanted to have kids. I wanted a family. Yeah. And, and he wanted more kids. He did, but he was okay that it was okay that, that I might not. And so you were okay being a stepmom. Oh, totally. Yeah. All right. Yeah. When do you think the marriage started to end? For you? Um, when I was pregnant with my second child, um, he had already, he had had another deployment um, while we were together. And when he got back, I got pregnant immediately. I was the whole typical, you know, military wife thing. I was working full time, going to school full time. I had a, you know, a t- 11 month old child and I was pregnant. And he was just partying and coming home late and always saying that he had work meetings and just blowing money. And I'm just like home holding it down and like even asking him to do the simplest thing like dump the trash or unload the dishwasher was like, like I was giving him attitude. And I just was just felt like I don't, I'm doing everything by myself and I'm married. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I can see the pain in that. It still hurts. Yeah. 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 Tell me about that. Um, I, I guess, um, and it, it takes me back to, you know, I've already done some personal work and realized that I connect this to my mother who was, um, into drugs. There was drugs in the home 
um, there was addiction and, you know, a lot of neglect. And I realized that he was her in another part mm -hmm. of my life. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just kind of felt like I was just kind of on my own, even you as a child. Up growing up. Tell me yeah. more about childhood. Um, and that, was it just your mom who was addicted and, and no. abandoning? Or was it your father as well? No, I didn't really grow up with my father at all. Oh, so you didn't have a father? No, I had a few stepfathers okay. and male figures that I wouldn't really declare as any kind of significance in my life other than the fact that they were my abusers, you know, part of my abuse. Did, are you, was there sexual abuse, emotional abuse, physical um, abuse? Some, yeah, all of the above. I'm so yeah. sorry. That's yeah. devastating. Um, I've worked really hard to yeah. feel better about that. That's heartbreaking. I mean, I've forgiven my mom, so why can't I forgive my ex-husband? You know? Why do you think you can't? <laughs> because I gave my all mm. and I loved him so much. And there, to me, there was just such a strong connection and and he just, he didn't, probably the same with my mom, he didn't choose me. I was there, I gave my all, but I wasn't chosen. He didn't choose to be home with me and to be the family man that I thought we were going to be. Like my yeah. mom, she didn't choose me, yeah. you know? Do you hear the correlation you just made? They didn't choose me. Yeah. <clears throat> It's like I, you know, talk about, and we've talked about in group, um, because of the worst day cycle, we will choose to relive our trauma over and over and over against ourselves because there, it gets to the denial piece of forgiveness. This is one of the things I've learned that most people focus on forgiveness as forgiving the other person. You know, there's usually a lot, pray for them, right? And all that stuff. And while that's good, <clears throat> it's been my experience that the person we've never, when we can't forgive somebody, the person we can't forgive is always us. I have thought about that. Yeah. And you know, when we were in group, I, you know, I, I'm on the treadmill saying, I can forgive him. I can forgive him. He's not even thinking about me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting here trying to work over this because I need to move forward. And I don't like, and, and you've mentioned this, how do I forgive him when it was his actions? And I understand I chose to be in that relationship. There's a, some kind of disconnect. I'm yeah. not getting it. <clears throat> And this is, this is why this work can be difficult. Remember the worst day cycle and remember what denial is ultimately about. Well, it's the, the two most difficult parts of the cycle are the shame and denial piece. Remember with shame, because of the power vacuum as a child, you, you had no power. Your mom was gonna reject you regardless of what you did because of her addictions, her own choices, everything, right? So we feel incredibly powerless. The way we choose to get our power back as adults is that we then choose our work, our friends, our, our hobbies, and our relationships to victimize ourselves. We choose so-called the wrong people because at least I chose it. Now here's where, this is where 
the disconnect is for you. And this is with everybody. Like there's nothing wrong with you. This is the toughest part of the work. Because of that power vacuum, we are doing anything we can not to feel that powerlessness of childhood and not to feel like, oh my God, I'm powerless again. And that kicks us into denial because there, there are three things going on. One, I have to admit that I'm the problem. Well, if, if I'm the problem, that means I wasted basically 10 or more years pursuing the wrong person. I don't want to admit that. You mean I threw my life away and had kids with this person and, and I stayed home and was the good wife and gave up everything. Like you said, I did everything. Well, who wants to admit that I did everything and it wasn't enough? That's hard. Like it's much easier to go, no, I did everything you owe me, but I chose it. Ultimately, that's I'm responsible for that choice. We don't want to go there. And here, this is even, and this is really where it gets to for you, Michelle, is the second piece. He's just like your mother, from what your words were. Well, if if I let go of him, if I forgive him, who do I really have to forgive? My mom. I feel like I've done that though. And that's where the hang up is. Can you think in childhood? When did you discover your mom was an alcoholic? And tell me more how she performed her abandoning behaviors. I mean, when I was little, she was she was 17 when she got pregnant with me and she had me when I was 18. And it even goes further back from that because her father was an alcoholic. So it's three generations, right? Um, I think um, I must have been in high school because... What's your first memory of finding out she's drunk? Just the first thing that comes to mind. I was probably in junior high school. She came home and was throwing up in the flower beds and I Mm. was helping her her husband left her and went into the house and went to bed and left her in the throwing up in the garden. My God. Do you remember what you were trying to do? I was just trying to take care of her. Yeah. I mean, I always felt like the, the mom in the, in the house, you know, I was the one who kept it together, kept it together. Yeah. And how did you keep it together? I mean, I was responsible for keeping the house clean. I was responsible for, you know, when I took care of my brother and sister. Um, When my mom was sick, I took care of her and she was laid up in bed or hungover. Or when she was doing drugs in the other room, I made sure my brother and sister were safe. And I mean, with the sexual abuse, I made sure that they weren't, you know, uh, nothing happened to them. Um, yeah, if we were out of food, I told my grandma, Hey, we're out of cereal. My grandma would bring us some cereal, you know? Okay. So I just heard a lot of choices, making cereal, cooking, cleaning, protecting brothers and sisters, protecting mom. Even as a child, and we all do this, we give ourselves away. We make choices. As you said, I was the mom. 
and this gets to the third piece of what stumbles us is even as a child we pick the abuser role and so the lack of forgiveness for other people is a lack of forgiveness for ourselves because here I am a child I'm doing everything it's not my job do you recognize that it's not your job as a child to do all that yes but it was the right thing to do and that becomes the defense mechanism it's the right thing to do I'm not saying what you did wasn't kind and loving that's not what I'm saying but you this is what happens to kids it becomes that's the defense mechanism that becomes the suppression and repression of no and that's the false persona Michelle what the, the right thing to do is for your mother to do those things for you it's not your job the right thing for you to do is a middle age or middle school child is to go play with your friends that would be the right thing to do and that's where the lack of forgiveness is is wait a minute if i were to accept that that wasn't my responsibility and and to give myself permission to go be a child do you see what you give up i give up i'm the adult i give up the persona of i'm the mother in this house I give up the persona of I'm the protector of everyone and I give everything. And what that also means is I have to give up that I became all these things to try and get my mom to love me. Well, I don't want to let that go. I already felt abandoned. If I give all that up, I have nothing. So I have to justify that it's the right thing to do. And I'm this righteous person. I'm not saying you're not. But it, it, that's the denial mechanism forcing us to stay here and not look at it and go, you know what? It wasn't the right thing to do. Had I been an adult, like I would never expect a child to do this. This is completely unreasonable. But now as an adult looking back, I'm trying to give you permission to look back and go, oh my God, what I was asked to do was not the right thing. It was the exact wrong thing. See, you've never mourned that. You still think to be a good child you have to do everything. The answer is in the opposite. Maybe there's resistance in this, but I feel like there are some valuable things in those behaviors that made me who I am today. Yes. In all of our trauma, we get gifts. The difficulty is separating out what gifts work for us and what work against us. Right. What did you say worked against you in your marriage? You started this off. I struggle with what? Um, You're very, what type of person in a relationship? Uh, codependent. Yes. And how were you as a child? I was for sure codependent. And so some of the right, the righteous behaviors that you believe are good traits are codependence. And this is where it gets blurred of no, I, like, look, I struggled with this too. I'm a nice guy. Remember the chapter in my book of the day I discovered my darkness and I realized my being nice and being caring and being loving. Oh God, no, it's all a manipulation. It's a massive manipulation because then I can control you and I can play the victim and I never have to take responsibility for how abusive I am and how nice I am. 
I'm stealing from people. It's not kind and loving, but I had no choice as a child. Look at your childhood. Like you had no other choice, Michelle. Who else was going to raise you and your sisters and brother? Like, I mean, in my mom's defense, it wasn't always like that. But yes, I mean, I, I definitely don't feel like I had a childhood. No. I, I do realize that. Yeah. And so what we want to hold on to is that sense of righteousness. No, I'm a good person. I'm right. You are a good yeah. person. But the behaviors you learned, they're called maladaptive coping skills. Okay, mal, meaning they right. work against us. And so what, what we get trained, it becomes, you know, as I talk about in the book, it becomes this chemical addiction in our body, neural pathways. Of, and I call it, this is the difference between what I call the trauma gut feeling and our true gut feeling. Our trauma gut says, oh, no, this is the right thing, which keeps us repeating because we know this. Well, that's because it's been a repetitive feeling in us. This is my gut feeling. Wait a minute. These are good behaviors. Yes, they are. But when we choose people or stay with people that are abusive towards us, we're the manipulator. Because we picked it and we're allowing the poor behavior. Look at all the benefits. Do you see the benefits you get from picking somebody who's unavailable. What were the benefits of him being in the army and never around and his drinking and all of that? What did it give you? Um, I guess it made me feel like I was the stable one. Uh-huh, what else? Um, that I was the responsible one, that uh -huh. I was the one that kept it together, I was the good person. And do you remember I don't know that? Where you're going with no, this. you're. I'm just. The reason I asked is because you walked yourself into the answer that you brought up in the beginning, and everyone does it. You said in the beginning, safety, reliability, follow through. That's why you picked him. You weren't picking him. You were picking yourself. What you picked is somebody that was completely unreliable, unsafe, and had no follow through because you wanted to be that. That was his gift to you. You're trying to teach yourself how to be that for yourself. And so we pick somebody who has none of that because you're using, this is the manipulative part, we're using them to teach us about ourselves and what we need to do. They become a proxy. So we're th what happens is, is, thank God he's unreliable because now what do I get? I get safety. I never have to be vulnerable with somebody who's an alcoholic and never there, right? I get it. What do you get? I provide all of those things for myself. Amen. Now I was you, looking for it in a person. Amen. Now you tell me where he failed you. He behaved exactly how he was supposed to. And just the way you wanted. Because you wanted to teach yourself how to be all these things. And you did it without him. Wow. He's a gift. That's when you confront denial, you, it's like right there. Now I'm not condoning his behavior. I would never condone that behavior, but that's why we pick these abusive people. But no one's shown us how to see what's really happening. What are you discovering right now? Um, gratitude. <laughs> yes.